So I call it on a bright Sunday morning, and the morning is just that today.
And today I'd like to, to read um, probably my favorite account of the, that first Easter morning from the Gospel of John. And there's several different parts, and uh, I'll just read one of them. On Friday night, we, we talked about how Mother Mary was at the cross and just her uh, deep mourning and her brokenness and her sorrow. And today on Easter morning, we find Mary Magdalene. Uh, at, at the at the grave of Jesus, and and she is also uh, mourning, even though it's Easter, she's still in, in deep, deep grief and pain. And as we come here today, uh, some of us might be on cloud nine, <laughs> just thrilled about life and everything, and, and everything's wonderful. And others, we might be mourning and grieving, and all those things kind of come together uh, on, on Easter and, and, and Holy Week. Yeah, but we trust that, I think the message is just that love is stronger than death. Love is stronger than our sorrow and grief, and it, it kind of pulls us through those, those difficult times. It's a pretty slow pull, but it does happen, so uh, <laughs> we trust that. So here's the, the story uh, of Jesus and, and Mary Magdalene on that first Easter morning. So Mary stood weeping outside of the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And you can imagine her horror and her, her disbelief in the pain that she's in at this moment. And when she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? So he asked the very same question that the angels ask. And whom are you looking for? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you had carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. And she's there probably with spices to anoint and embalm his body. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her again, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and, and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And quite often when I read that, I say, I have seen the Lord. And she also maybe says, I know I am loved. I know I am forgiven. I know that God is with me. And she told them this, that he has said these things to her. And this is the, the word of God for each and every one of us here today. Amen. As we take some time just to um, uh, reflect on this passage, uh, what does resurrection uh, mean to you? This is kind of one of when we talk about res resurrection, it can be a stumbling block for a lot of people. <laughs> you know, like, is there bodily re resurrection or is there not? But what does resurrection or new life mean to you? And have you experienced that? I, I trust that we have resurrection after death. But I'm also very curious to know, can we have resurrection before we die <laughs> in this life? And so what does resurrection mean to you and have you experienced that? So let's take a few moments just to pray silently and, and reflect on that. Amen. So what does uh, resurrection 
uh, new life uh, mean to you? Well, that's quick, Amy. <laughs> Okay, yeah, transformation into something new and whole and, and complete. And I'm open to the possibility that could happen like that, but it's usually a lifelong <laughs> process. Yeah, a lifelong process. And one of the things I enjoy in, my, in, in being a minister is just getting to be with people in all the different stages of life. And I think I've shared this with you before. The transformation that happens when someone is dying, I have found to be unbelievable. And just, it's hard and it's difficult, but the beauty and the love and the goodness that just kind of comes forth from that person, it's just a real joy to be around them. And it's just, it's just, it's a bright sadness. And it's just absolutely sacred to be a part of that and to see that transformation happen. Yeah. So it's complete. Yeah. Anyone else just on your, your thoughts on resurrection or that renewal, maybe even experiences. Just that beautiful image of new life and a renewal and dormancy and then it always comes back and and asking these questions I always as a minister I get to ask myself these questions all week long and, and just ponder and I always remember we had a men's group that we used to meet back in Meeker and we'd ask these questions to ourselves. and the minister was always next to us and we always would ask him now can we tell you what we really think and wonder about and not have to worry about getting hit by lightning here <laughs> and so we tried it out and so far <laughs> and I'm going on a long walk this summer with lots of lightning storms I'm sure so I shouldn't have said that so uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it but it is all good there. Uh, so, uh, and for me, uh, when I think about Good Friday, this past Friday, and then here we are on Easter Sunday, uh, sometimes I always feel like on Good Friday, I don't know where I picked this up, I was supposed to feel a certain way, be very somber, uh, very serious, and mourn and grieve. And then on Easter, I'm just supposed to be happy and joyful and happy Easter, you know. And my life and my body did not always cooperate with the church calendar, though. And so it was always, it's always been confusing to me. And so that's kind of what I was thinking about today, especially with Mary Magdalene on that first Easter morning. She's grieving. She is broken. And she's sad. But she also experiences that joy as well. <clears throat> and this reminded me uh, on this past Friday, I hope a, a few of you maybe noticed the gardens as you walked in. <laughs> so they're very beautiful. But we met, a few of us met on, on Friday morning. And it's supposed to be a somber day of mourning and reflection. And we just met to clean the gardens because uh, they needed a little TLC, a little tender loving care. And when I arrived, I draped, and maybe some of you saw it driving around on Friday, I draped a, a black sheet over the center cross uh, just to remind us that it, that it is Good Friday. It was Good Friday. And for people passing by to maybe just think, you know, on their way to doing one thing or another, we had a track meet, oh, it's Good Friday. And just to pause and to reflect about what that means. And as I stood at the cross and I draped uh, this black sheet over and it kind of looks like arms hanging down. And as I, I draped uh, that sheet over there, uh, I bent down to pull some dead grass uh, from a plant. And as I, I stood up, my, my head barely grazed the cross. 
not enough to hurt too much, but enough that I grabbed my head and was hoping no one saw me, you know. <laughs> and so I was holding my head. And then my mind flashed back uh, to several years ago uh, when Connie, uh, who's a member of our church and living in Phoenix now, she and Gwen planted that garden out front. And I remember Connie was working there, planting the, uh, the, the flowers and everything. And Connie's probably about five feet, five one. But uh, she stood up and she banged her head on that very cross that I had just hit. And she started bleeding profusely. So all this blood was coming down from her face. And I thought, well, how symbolic can you get here? <laughs> and she goes, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> and so we found some clean cloths and stopped the bleeding. And I remember Connie, who, you know, ever, ever cheerful, she said, I didn't know gardening could be so dangerous. <laughs> and the next day, we continued working on this garden. And I remember Connie showed up with a hard hat on. <laughs> and so I'm thinking about Good Friday and I just bonked my head on this very same cross and, and I was laughing and smiling at this memory and then a part of me I don't know what part but a part of me said it's Good Friday Craig you're supposed to be serious this is a somber day to remember Jesus's crucifixion and, and the pain in our lives in the world but over the years <clears throat> I have noticed that joy and beauty sneak into our Good Fridays, no, how, no matter how good our intentions may be. And Francis and Gwen and Jennifer and Nikki, they were just busy pulling weeds a couple days ago and telling stories, and they were chuckling and, and smiling. And I wondered, should I tell them that it's Good Friday? <laughs> should I tell them that? But they were having about as much fun as possible that you can have when you're pulling weeds. <laughs> so we enjoyed our time there. And sometimes Easter joy creeps into our Good Fridays. And that gives us hope. It gives us renewal. And it's so good that Good Friday and Easter, they have their own days, but we really cannot separate them. They go together like peanut butter and jelly or biscuits and gravy. And they are not mutually exclusive events because you can't have one without the other. And Good Friday, I have found, always comes first. And new life and resurrection comes after that hard time or that difficult time. And that evening, after we worked on the garden, several of us gathered at Cedar Grove Cemetery uh, to remember Jesus' death as well as the passing of those that we have loved very deeply. And we remembered Mother Mary standing at the foot of the cross and that standing in that, in that position of great courage and strength in her pain and in her grief. And we remembered our own Good Fridays. And Nicole Trahan writes, we cannot stand at the foot of another person's cross without the support without the support of a loving and faithful community. And this is so true. Because even though it's Easter Day, Jennifer and I are both in Good Friday. Her mother passed away, my mother passed away a couple months ago, so we're celebrating and we're mourning at the very same time. And we cannot do it alone. And this is the gift 
of community and that Holy Spirit moving through us. The pain can be overwhelming. And we learn that only love can carry us through. And we learn that love is greater than our pain. Love is greater and stronger than our sorrow. And on that Friday evening at, at Cedar Grove, we prayed and we pondered and we cried and we heard each other's sacred stories. And we gave thanks for our Creator's spirit of love moving through us and through those that we have loved. And we remembered the blessings that we continue to receive from our sons and our daughters and our mothers and fathers and the friends who passed on before us. And what was present there was great love and healing. And Easter was peeking in to Good Friday. It wouldn't stay away. And as the sun dipped closer to the sleeping you, and by the way, if you ever want to go to someplace beautiful, go to Cedar Grove Cemetery in the evening. It is just incredible between the Ute and the La Platas, and it's just so peaceful. It's a wonderful place to be. And as the sun was dipping closer to the sleeping Ute, someone said, and this always amazes me, look, deer, why do we always get so fascinated by deer? <laughs> It always happens. Look, there's some deer, and everyone stopped, and we looked. And they were just trotting gaily across Pilcher's hayfield, an Easter moment in the middle of Good Friday. And I thought, someone forgot to give the deer the memo. Someone forgot to give them the memo. And then after Jennifer saying, it is well with my soul, all of us just talked and enjoyed the evening song that was gathering around us. And it was a good Friday. And it also felt a little bit like Easter with the healing and the love that was present. Well, today, it is finally Easter morning. And we can say, He is risen. We are free to sing hallelujah. I'm glad we got a few hallelujahs in there. <laughs> We're free to sing hallelujah. And also some of our favorites, like because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. And life is good and hope abounds. But when we look at the story, that Easter story, we find Mary Magdalene on that very first Easter morning, and she's not celebrating, and she's not happy. She's weeping outside of the tomb, and she sees two angels dressed in Easter white. And they ask Mary, why are you weeping? Why are you weeping, Mary? It's Easter. It's Easter morning. He's, he's risen. It's resurrection. Everything is okay. Why are you weeping? Well, someone forgot to give Mary the memo, or maybe she didn't read it, or maybe she just didn't quite understand everything at this moment. But Mary did show up, and she's open to the present. And that's part of our walk, is just being open to the possibilities and how that spirit moves through our lives. And she shows up, and Jesus shows up as well. And Mary mistakes him for the gardener. And I was thinking about this uh, with us working on the flower beds this past Friday. I'm pretty sure Jesus was there with us while we were working. 
But we just didn't notice him. But we did laugh and did we, we did share in his joy. And Jesus asked Mary the very same thing the angels ask her. Why are you weeping? And whom are you looking for? The very first words Jesus says in the Gospel of John are, what are you looking for? It's essentially the same question. And it's just as important for us today. What are we looking for? What do we want out of life? And everything we do, that question is underneath it. What are we looking for? What are, we, what are our hopes? What are our dreams? And Mary continues to weep, continues to mourn. And she says, sir, if you had carried him away, just tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. It is Good Friday on Easter morning for Mary. And with deep, deep affection, Jesus calls her by name. And he says, Mary. And think about those times in your life when someone has said your name and you just knew that they loved you, that they cared for you, that they forgave you, and they were present. And it changes everything. And in that moment, her grief and her pain begins to subside and she experiences resurrection. God is with me and God loves me. God knows my name. And sometimes we might hear that voice directly from God, but quite often it's just an angel. I even think we can hear it when we look at a flower <laughs> and see that beauty. And we know that we are loved and that we are not alone. All of us, all that we have loved in our lives and have been loved by are eternal and true, says Richard Rohr. And my prayer for all of us today is that we may experience resurrection. We may hear that angel or the voice of God or the spirit call us by name. And we know that we are loved. We know we are forgiven. And we know we are not alone. And in that knowing, we also know that those who have passed on, our loved ones and friends and family members, that they are loved as well. Because that love is not exclusive. It embraces the whole world. For God loves the world and all of creation. And this is the Easter joy. And the joy of resurrection. Amen. Thank you.
Lord. 